0: All right, we'll say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsor, our Tamil Torah sponsors, for the month of Kislev, and Malka Esterson, for dedicating all the Shi'ur and Mintrashos this month in memory of their parents, Yitzchak Leib bin Aaron Akoin, Sarah Rachel Bas Baruch Avram, and Hinda Bas Henach Ephraim. We hope that in the merit of our Tamil Torah, the Nishamas will have an aliyah, and the families in Nechama. We thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Paul and Kathy Pollack, in memory of Paul's sister, Zachrini Shulamis Bas Shmuel. We hope that in the Merit of Rautama Torah, and Havan, Aliyah, and the family in Nechama, and the Dafyomi sponsor, I think I accidentally announced it yesterday, but it's for today, Josh and Malky Rosenblum, in honor of Yehuda's Hanukkah's Tefillin, Mazel So With that, let us begin. We really have an incredibly beautiful and exciting Daf ahead of us today as we enter in. To this, our last week of Maseches Rosh Hashanah. So, we'll say, so we are picking up Emirat Hashem on the bottom of Chav Tessenbeis. Today's dot is Lamid thirty, and we are picking up. We are picking up on the last couple of lines left off by by the two dots. Amrav Alazar Lo Hisne Biyochan Benzakai, Zakai Ela Biyavne Amrul Lo Echad Yavne VeEchad Kamokum Shigish Bo Beizdin. So suppose we'll I say, so remember again the topic of our Mishnah. The topic of our Mishnah is the concept of going ahead and blowing the shofar on Rosh Hashanah. So remember, again, the Mishnah told us that when Rosh Hashanah fell out on Shabbos, in the Mikdash, they would go ahead and blow the shofar out of Alob Medina. By the way, I just want to point out to you, we're not going to delve into it too much, because, but it is going to become a recurring topic. There is a machlokas. Yes. Rashi and the Rambam, about what Medina means. We're just going to go with Rashi right now. Rashi understands that Medina literally means anywhere outside of the Beis Hamikdash, even Yerushalayim. The Rambam and others understand that Medina, right, Medina actually means outside of Yerushalayim. But okay, we're just going to go with Pashup Shant and Rashi right now. So, and then when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai instituted that they shall blow the shofar, Anywhere where there is a Beisdin. Anywhere where there is a Beisdin. So now there's a little bit of a Machlokas. So remember again, now Rabbi Lazar says, Rabbi, Rabbi says in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai only instituted it in Yavne. In Yavne. Then again, it seems like the Tanakhama saying back to Rabbi Lazar. No, Yavne, or anywhere else that has a formal basis, It says the Gemara, Amrulo, Hayu Tanakama. It's supposed to say the Amrulo is the Tanakama. right? Remember again, the Amrulo is espousing the first version in the Mishnah. In the first version of the Mishnah of Yochanan and Zakkai said that wherever there is a basin, you could blow shofar and Rosh Hashanah. Amrulo and the Mishnah, they, they said to him, they sound like the Mishnah is introducing a new opinion. But in fact, it's not a new opinion. It's just the same Tanakama. Oh, here's the difference. Here's the Naft Camino. Beidina uh, da'akroi. The Bible says, what happens if you have Beidina da'akroi? Pick up Beidina. right? to pick up Beidina. So the Gimara, so look at Rashi. Beidina da'akroi. Letana kamo takinon. Vitanada amro lo sover echel yavne ve echel komokom sheyish bo Beidina da'akroi. Beidina da'akroi. Beidina da'akroi. Beidina da'akroi. Beidina da'akroi. The Bible says, the Naft Camino would be the Beidina institute that any place that has a based in, any kind of Beidina we could blow shofar there, or does it dafka have to be what we call a bezdin Kavua, a more established type of Bezdin? So ultimately Rashi says, Rashi explains that Tanakama would hold. The Tanakama would hold, or I should say, our Tanakama would hold, that Halacha, may say any type of Beisdin, you would go ahead and blow on Shabbos. The, what we call, Amrulo Tanakama holds, that ultimately anywhere that has a Beisdin Kavua. Okay, good. So let's go right there. Amrulo Echa Yavna V'Echa Kamokum po Yishpo Beisdin so now. let's qualify this a little bit. So they said to him, whether it's Yavne or any other place that has a Amrafuna. So we'll say, so now, we have a machlokis about what type of Beisdin is necessary in order to allow for blowing the shofar on Shabbos. But moving past that a little bit, the Gemara wants to qualify this a bit more. So Amrafun, Rafuna said, Rafuna said, and by the way, you have to blow it with Beisdin. So the Gemara says, my Beisdin, what exactly does that mean with Beisdin? It means, this is very interesting, that you could only blow shofar on Shabbos in the presence of beizdin. And I will say, now, this is very interesting, because what Rav Hunas says is like this. Here's what we have. Rabbi Yochol Menzakai says, now that the Beis Hamitosh is destroyed, any place that has a Beisdin, let, let, let's even go with the more Machmir approach, that Beisdin means a Beisdin Kavua, a real established Beisdin. Raphuna is coming along and saying, by the way, you could only go ahead and blow your shofar in the presence of the B'ezdin. In other words, you have the, the ability to blow in a community that has a B'ezdin is only true if you're blowing in the presence of the La fuke shalom bifnei B'ezdin delo. But let's say, let's say, I live in Yavne. Let's say, I live in Yavna. So remember, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says that, we can blow shofar in Yavna. In the presence of Bezdin. But when I'm not in the presence of Bezdin, I have no right to blow the shofar. Now, I will say, just to understand what's driving this, Why, what's, what's driving this, this goes back to yesterday's daf. What are we concerned about in general when you're going ahead and you're blowing shofar on Shabbos? Oh right? Shema amos Right? It's a carrying concern. So, what Drafuna seems to be saying over here is if you're going to blow shofar, we want you doing it. In the presence, which ultimately means by extension, under the guidance of Bezdin. Under the purview of Bezdin. So the Gemara says, massive rava, so let listen to this. Rava raises a cash Now remember again, the last part of the mission, which we'll get to in just a little bit, said Yerushalayim had certain what we'll call benefits over Yavne. How so? That remember again, by Yerushalayim, any place for which we were able to see Yerushalayim. Here, Yerushalayim, or was close to Yerushalayim, would go ahead and blow shofar on Shabbos. So the Gimara, blow shofar on Shabbos. So also, ilema kidek tani, ilema kidek tani, zos mi baylei. Ella Yerushalayim token yichidin, or biyavne ain token yichidin. So also, the Gimara says it must also be telling us something very different, which is, in Yerushalayim, you were permitted to blow shofar as an individual. Even not in the presence of Beis whereas in Yavne or anywhere else that has a has a Beizdin, the only way to blow shofar is in the actual presence of Beis itself. Or in token Is that true that in Yavne you can't blow shofar as an individual? But listen to how beautiful this is. And Rabbi Yitzchak Bar Yosef came from Babel Israel. I'm sorry. There is something about Omar Kimsaim shliha de tibura tekia biavna listen to this what is shliakh tibar would finish blowing the tekias in yavna lo shama inish ko on ye mikot teqdi khiday a person cannot hear himself think because of all of the private shofar blasts so i will say what it sounds like was happening in yo uh, yavna is you would have the communal blowing of shofar but then kind of after that there would be a whole bunch of I mean, classes class, will break away, right? The whole bunch, of breakaway chauffeurs, right? Too fast, too slow, to this, to that, right? So, so, so interesting. The point over here is, it seems like you had a lot of private groups or private individuals blowing shofar in yavna on Shabbos or Rosh Hashanah, which seems to indicate that halacha l'maisa shofar can be blown outside of the presence of beizdin. Elo lav token ben bizman Be'ezdin, or So most it must be the following distinction: in Yerushalayim, you're allowed to blow the shofar both at the time that the beizdin is administering tkiyah shofar and when they're not. Or I should say the truth is really bisman really means at the time when beizdin is sitting in session. Look at Rashi: bein bisman beizdin ad she shahayu beizdin Yoshvin. Bezdin would sit up until midday. in Yerushalayim, you could blow shofar either at the time that Bezdin is in session or not in session. in shlo based in low. But in yavne, you're only permitted to blow the shofar at a time that Bezdin was quote unquote sitting. but what do you see from here? talking But you see that even in yavne you had the right to blow shofar, even not in the presence of Beisdin. To which the Gemara says, Low. In Yerushalayim, you could blow the shofar, either in the presence of Beisdin, or not in the presence of Beisdin. And Bifnei, din, in lo. The Gemara kind of wants to end off over here by saying first wide line of us. And The Gemara wants to say that the fundamental distinction between Yavna and beizdin and yerushalayim was that ultimately again in yerushalayim you could blow shofar in the presence of beizdin, not in the presence of beizdin. In yavneh only in the presence of beizdin. We'll see what the Halakha la'mais is in just a bit. Now remember, how did this whole discussion get started? This whole discussion got started because of the statement of Rafuna. Rafuna said, Rafuna said, Im Bezdin. That when you blow shirat, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai instituted that after the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, you're allowed to blow shofar on Shabbos anywhere that has a beis Okay, what kind of beis That's a Machlokis, but a beis Rafuna Rav comes along and says the im beis And when can you blow the shofar? According to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, only with Beisdin. So we're trying to figure out what with Beisdin means. What, what, what exactly does that mean? So, we'll say, so ultimately, again, the way the Gemara is kind of ending off right here, is that what Rav meant was in Bezdin means that you could only go ahead and blow shofar in the presence of Beisdin. But herein lies one of the fundamental distinctions between Yerushalayim and Yavne. In Yerushalayim, when the Beis Hamikdash was standing, you could blow shofar whenever you want. Whenever you want. But now the Baysamikdash is no longer standing, you can blow shofar in a city that has a based but only in the presence of that basedun. See ikita masilhadu rafunaho. So we'll say others have an alternate version of Rafuno. Dirsiv Pyomaki Purin Taviru Shofar Bakal So we'll say the pasuk says, the pasuk says that the Biyoma Avavarth Shofar Shrua Bhakodesh Hashiba Sarla Khodesh Byomaki Purum Taviru Shofar Bakal Artsam. This is Yovel. This is Yovel, right? On Yom Kippur of the Yovel here, you will go ahead and sound sound the shofar. So here we go. So we'll say we learn from here that every individual is Chayev to sound the shofar. Then this is actually very interesting. Now, according to what the Gemara is suggesting over here is that on the Yom Kippur of Yovel. Not only is Beisdin obligated to go ahead and blow the shofar, heralding in the release of slaves and the return of ancestral lands, but every individual has a chiyuv of Tikiah shofar on Yovel, on Yom Kippur as well, which is quite fascinating. And Rav Huna, the im See, here we go again. So, right, so, say, so Rafuna says, oh, and by the way, this obligation to blow shofar on Yovel is what? In the presence of Beisdin. So the Gemara says, "My base." so again. Just to understand what the Gemara is doing over here, this you know this because you're you're you, we've been through Shas already, right? Ikudamasni is we're just taking the same statement of Rav Huna, right? But we're applying it in a different context. You see, in the first in the first version of this discussion, Rav Huna was commenting on the chiyft kiyah on Rosh Hashanah, and what Rav Huna was saying is. Even with the of Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, that you can blow Shofar, now that on Shabbos, in a place where there is a Beisdin, that's only Ve'im Beisdin, only in the presence of Beisdin. In this alternate version of Rav Huna, Rav Huna's din comment was not about Rosh Hashanah. It was about what? It was about what? Yom Kippur of Yovel, where the Gemara is saying, everyone has an obligation to blow the Shofar, and Rav Huna is coming along and saying, by the way, Ve'im Beisdin. So the Gemara now says my based in what does that mean bizman based in interest if it means that you could blow shofar, but at the time that based sits in session they both say you now what that literally means is the time that based would sit in session which as rashi said Ad Sheish shows up until six hours into the day. La Fuke is my basin. And this comes to exclude the fact that you can't blow the show for the time that basin would not be in session. So the Gemara says, massive Ravon. So Rava raises a casho. Tikias Rashashashon of Yovel. Docha asa Shabbos bigvulin ish Ubeso. But Ravon raises the casho and he said that the Tikias of Rosh Hashanah and Yovel are docha Shabbos. Set aside the alokas of Shabbos bigvulin bosa means in the boundaries, which means outside of Yerushalayim. Ish ubeiso. A person and his household. So my what, what ish What does that mean? If you want to say that it means a man and his wife, that can't be. Because isisa, mi mechayva, are women, shofar. in shofar. This is an incredible thing. Because uh, women in general are, are really most nefesh to hear to shofar. But of course, again, on a technical level, they're pturos, right? On a technical level, because it's a mitzvah ase shazman grama. It's a time-bound commandment. It's it's such a it's such a beautiful beautiful thing to see. Like the nature of nushin sidkaniyos. Like, it really is like because you, you would you wouldn't know from the way that women relate to the mitzvah tkiyah shofar, you would not know that. See, I was thinking about this. If it was men. You're like, Phew, oh, Baruch Hashem, this is great. Right? You know, 15 minutes, like, women, there's this extra mignon, and there's extra this, there's extra that. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I can say every year, every year, you know, you know, there's always someone who you have to arrange like a private tikia shofar for. And often it's for women for whatever, for whatever the reason. And, you know, it's an amazing thing to see that someone could not be chayv in something, but yet could want something so badly. It's, truly beautiful. So the Gemara says as follows, but again, nevertheless, the Gemara is making a halachic statement. So what does, mean? What, what does it mean? When Rav says, or when the Gemara says, My ish beiso. if you want to say it's a man and his wife, that can't be because a woman is technically, is technically p- 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 from mitslos aseh shahazman kramahyi. V'chom mitslos aseh shahazman kramahyi. El alav ish bebeisoh. Rather, we'll say what it means, the Gemara, you have to read it like this. Rosh Hashanah, V'Yobel, Docha, Asa Shabbos. Blowing shofar on Rosh Hashanah and yovel are Docha Shabbos, Bigvulin outside of Yerushalayim, Ish biveso a person in his home. Which means, which sounds like what it's saying is what? That on Rosh Hashanah, that falls out on Shabbos, Halach Lamaiseh, everyone is obligated in shofar, and you could even blow the shofar in your home. And I will say, so again, we'll assume that this is only talking about a place where there is a basin, right? There has to be a basin in your community in order to blow Shofar on Shabbos Rosh Hashanah. But it sounds like over here that the obligation to do so will be even at a time when Bazin is not sitting in session. We'll call Shalom bisman, bisman, To which the Gemara says, Lo. No, not necessarily. The olam It's talking about Beisden. Said the Gemara says Maser Rav Sheishes Rav Sheishes relates Zekhasha Shava Hayovel Rosh Hashana Letzkiyah We learned this before Yovel is like Rosh Hashanah, both for Tzkiyah Shofar as well as for Brachos for Davening Ella Shevi Yovel Tolkien Bein Bebeizin Shekitchu Asachodesh UBein Bebeizin Shelo Kitchu Asachodesh V'Chal Yochid V'Yochiv Chayiv So We see this theme again, but here, so again Yovel is going to be like Rosh Hashanah for Tzkiyah Shofar and for Davening. What are the distinctions? That on Yovel, on Yovel, every single Baisdin sounds the shofar. They will say whether this is a Baisdin that is Mekadish Lavana again, we says because that's to our previous sugyas. you know, not every Baisdin, right? You can't, like I mentioned before, you can't get, you know, your buddies who are sitting with you on your Hataras Nadaran Basin and say, hey guys, let's go be mekadesh the right? We're already together, we just ram out to everybody's Nadaran, let's go be right. You need a special kind of basedan to be able to do that. So ultimately, but when it comes to T'kiah Shofar by Yovel, every Beisdin sounds that Shofar. Whether it's the type of Beisdin that could be the L'Chodesh or not, U'beim Beisdin Shalom K'Chuah the V'chol Yochid V'Yochiv Chayiv liskoa. Not only that, but as we just said before, every individual is Chayiv to sound the Shofar on Yovel. However, uber Rosh Hashanah, here's what we're focusing on, U'be Rosh Hashanah, U'be Rosh Hashanah, U'be Rosh Hashanah, on Rashi Hashan you could only blow the shofar in front of a Beisdin, which had the capacity to declare the new month, which I will say means, means a much more substantive Sanhedrin. If you look at Rashi, Rashi the Shana Loha Yutokim, Kishchal Yos Bishab, it's El Beisdin HaGadol Shel Sanhedrin Agadola." So we'll say, this is much more restrictive. So remember again, this would literally say the only, t- only time you could blow the shofar in Rosh Hashanah is in front of a Sanhedrin, a high court. Not just, not just any court. And on Rosh Hashanah, every individual is not obligated to sound the shofar. So whereas on Yovel, Every individual's individual is on the shofar. and Rosh Hashanah it's not necessarily the case. So the Gemara says, What does it mean when we say that every individual is not obligated to build a shofar? So maybe you'll say that it's on yovel, individuals build the shofar, but on Rosh Hashanah they do not. We'll reference back what we said before. When by Yosef came to Bavalt, he told us, when the Shia Tzibar finished blowing the shofar in Yavna, lo Shama Inish kal unye mekol tikwe. People were literally not able to help them see, hear themselves think because of all the private shofar blasts, which shows you that in Yavna individuals were blowing their shofros. El Alav, the token, bein bisman basedin, bein shalom bisman based in. Rather it must mean as follows. On Yovel, so they blew the shofar, whether again it was a time that Bazin was in session or a time that Bazin wasn't in session. Bizman in Shalo But on Rashana, it must be that shofar, although it could be sounded individually, but it had to be sounded at the time that Bazin was in session. Katani Mihas, what do you see from here? You see, at least by Yovel, you know, when, so we've established also by Yovel that individuals have an obligation to blow the chauffeur. You do so whether it's a time that Bezdin is sitting in session or not. To which the Gemara says, In reality, we're talking about when Bezdin is sitting in session, even by Yovel. This is what it means to say, In Yovel, in Yovel, Token, Bain Bifne Bezin, Bain Shaloh Bifnei Bezin. So most of wants to suggest the following conclusion. When it comes to Yovel, you're allowed, you could, you're, you could only blow the shofar at the time when Bezin is sitting in session. However, you have the right to blow the shofar wherever you are, whether you're in the presence of Bezin or not in the presence of Bezin. But Rosh Hashanah, Token Bizman Bezin, U Bifnei Bezin. But on Rosh Hashanah, you're limited in two ways. Number one, you can only blow the shofar at the time when Bazin is in session. And number two, only in the presence of Beisden itself. It Mar Nami, the Gemara supports this idea. Amar ama Rav bargam do Amar Rabbi Yossi Sho, Amar in token, Ella bizman ela, I'm sorry, Ella Kozman Sheb Bezden Yoshen. On Hashem, you could only go ahead and blow shofar at a time when Bezden is in session and based on what the Gemara just said before and only in the presence of Bezden itself. So, by Reb Zera. So, we'll say one more piece and then we'll see the Rambam. So, we'll say, so here's what's interesting. So, it sounds like the conclusion that the Gemara ended off with over here is as follows. On Yovel, on Yovel. You could only blow at the time that Bazin is in session, but you could blow Shofar in the presence of Beizin, not in the presence of Beizdin. On Rosh Hashanah, also you could only blow at the time when Beizin is in session, but you could either blow in the presence of Beizdin or not. in I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I just said that wrong. In Yovel, you could only blow at the time that Beizin is in session, but you could blow in the presence or not in the presence. On Rosh Hashanah, you also have to blow when Bazin is in session, but only in the presence of Beizdin. To which the Gemara just asks a follow-up question, that will go to the Rambam. By Rabbi ninaru So we'll say, so remember again, what we've established, so, sounds like so far, both for Rosh Hashanah as well as for Yovel, As well as for Yovel, you can only build a shofar when, I'll say when, when? Basin is in session. When is Basin in session? First six hours of the day. Okay, that's, that's the first, just going rush, first six hours of the day. So let's listen to the interesting shaila. So it says Rabbi Zera Nin aru la'amor Amdu. What happens if the Dayanim Nin aru literally means they moved in their seat about to get up, but they did not yet get up. Is that called the end of the Beisdin session or not? So the Gimar says, Do we say that Beisdin is sitting? Bezden is sitting, right? All you need is bezden to be sitting, and they're still sitting. Or do you require based in session? And I will say, see, you're saying something amazing, I will say, you know, the moment, the moment you begin to get up, you're done, right? You're done, right? You're no longer listening, you're no longer involved. You know this, right? This is what happens. It's the same way, when you're having a conversation with someone, I will say, if you're, if you're having a conversation with someone, when do you know when to stop talking? When the person starts going like, right, when they want to say something, when right, they want to say something, because the moment that the person you're talking to begins to show they want to talk means they're no longer listening, right? The, the moment I'm moving around, we're done. We're done here. We're done. This happens every morning, by the way, right? 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 The right. The, the moment five forty four comes, right? It doesn't Moshe Rabbeinu could be bringing down the luchas. right? It doesn't. It, it does. It doesn't. Right? The, the moment you move. We're done. So we'll say, isn't it a profound shiloh? The Gemara is asking over here, when, until what point in time is Beisdin actually in session? Do we say as long as they're seated, as long as they're seated, that's called ultimately Yoshin, we're good? Or do we say, no, they're only in session when they're engaged? When they're engaged, but the moment that they're disengaged, even if they're physically seated, the, 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 Beisdin is no longer considered to be Yoshin. To which the Gemara says, off. To which the Gemara leaves it. The Gemara does not answer that particular question. So I will say, let me show you the Rambam on this, because the Rambam here happens to really be quite fascinating. This is the the Rambam, um, Hilcho's Shofar. The Rambam puts Hilcho's Shofar, Sukkah, Lulav, everything in one one bucket. This is Perek Be'ez, Halochas, Halochas Chesentez. Let me just read this to you quickly. We left enough time for this. So Kishagazu Shlodeska B'Shabes. So I will say, again, Perek Be'ez, Halochas Chesentez. So remember again. So the Rambam adapts what the Mishnah said, which is, they used to blow the shofar in the Beis HaMikdosh, which of course makes sense, because as we established, blowing shofar is only in Iser De Rabbon, what we call a shvus. And in shvus B'mikdosh. in shvus Mikdash. rabbinic law does not apply inside of the base b'mikdash. Base b'mikdash is destroyed. You can't blow shofar on Shabbos. Gzera Rabbah. the gzera, the decree of Rabbah, lest you come to carry the shofar in a public domain daladonis. So now the Ramam says kishigazu shalos kavish Shabbos when Chazal said you can't blow the shofar on Shabbos. Lo gazu ella b'makom shein bo bezdin. They only established this because in a place that doesn't have a basin. be in Remember I told you, I told you about this. I told you it was gonna be Machlokas. Yes? Right? Remember again, according to Rashi, when the Baisha Mikdash stood, they were only blowing the shofar where where? Inside of the Mikdash, not in Yerushalayim. According to the Rambam they were blowing it in Yerushalayim as well. Now, I say, now the Rambam adds in over here, but they would only blow the shofar when? Kol Zman Shebezdin Yoshevin. Kol Zman Shebezdin Yoshevin. So the Rambam Paskins, you can only blow shofar at a time that Bezdin was not session. Now I'm skipping to Sif test for just a moment because the next part of Sif Ches is our next Gemara. O Bizman O HaMiklosh. And now in the times that we live, that there's no base hamikdash. Kamakum so sheyesh ba'beiz din kavua, v'hu be'eretz Yisrael token Shabbos say, and now the basement is destroyed. Any, any city, any place that has a Beis din kavua, right? Basically, means a set Beis din where the dayanim have smicha. Dayanim have smicha, right? So also remember again, smicha, which translate as ordination. Is the unbroken chain of ordination? We'll call it from Moshe Rabbeinu, right? So only a Beis only a city that has a Beis Kavu, an established Beis whose Dayanim have true Smicha. If we don't have true Smicha today, right? You have a Zechal Smicha, but not a true Smicha. So who are them are are are, are have Smicha from Moshe, right? From the chain from Moshe Rabbeinu, Token B'Shabbes. Here we go. Vein token B'Shabbes al- Furthermore, says the Rambam, the only what, what kind of Bazdin counts for this? Only the type of Bazdin which could be Makadesh the So we'll say which type of bason could be Makadesh the So the truth is, it's either a seventy-one or twenty-three member bason. So you see already, you, you need a pretty high caliber Bazdin in order to blow shofar on Shabbos. token ella, here we go based in Godel, bilvad So we'll say, Salach maisa says, you need both criteria. Number one, we we'll say, this is al maisa we'll I'm, I'm going to give you the entire daf, lamed, Ahmed alif in one line, right? We had all this back and forth. Here's the Alach What? maisa What, right? If so number one, it only worked, you could blow shofar on Shabbos in a city, that has a real in. Real baysdin is defined as the type of baysdin which can be mekadesh the chodesh. So either twenty-three judges or seventy-one judges. That's number one. Number two, they have to have true smicha. Number three, you could only blow shofar in the presence of Bazdin. You could only blow shofar in the presence of baysdin, and not only that, Kozman shen Yoshvin. and only when they're in session. So it ha- so we pasukin alocha la'maisa. Both bifne baysdin could only blow in the presence of baysdin. And only when they are sitting in session. So the Rambam says over Ninerulamod volo amdu toki name The Rambam actually paskins that halacha l'maisa if the Dayanim stirred in their seats, ready to get up, but didn't actually get up, you could still blow shofar. But outside of beizdin, you cannot blow the shofar. Volamatoki mifnei beizdin. The Rambam says, why can you blow the shofar in front of the beizdin? Mifnei shebeizdin's reason hein volo yavo a shofar mifnei brishrab. And the Rambam then goes on to say, why are we limiting you? So, blowing the shofar in the presence of Bezdin. And while Bezdin is in session, why? Because this way Bazdin is vigilant, they'll make sure that no one ends up illegally carrying the shofar. So, we'll say, that's how he passed in. You could blow the shofar in any ethnic, in the, since the which has been destroyed, you could blow the shofar in any city that has a Bezdin kavua, type of Bazdin that is capable of being Mekadesh the Rabbanim have true smicha, bifne Bezdin and Bizman Shebezdin yoshvin. Those are all the criteria. Absolutely incredible I'll say. By the way, so you're asking, I know, what's your kasha? What's your kasha? That? So, okay, so that, that, that's, I mean, that's a good kasha, but we know, because we don't have, we don't have din like this. We don't have What's your other kasha? What do you do about the story in Yavna? And I will say, again, we have edus from Yavna that people were blowing the shofar privately. Right, do you, you have Aidos from that. It's not a kasha. Why isn't it a kasha? Because you see, like Yavna was a shtickle Wild West when it came to uh, Tekesh Shavu, we saw in yesterday's daft. It took a little while for the system to shake out. See, I what say sometimes when you hear these stories in Dimara, it's before that the halacha was decided. So before halacha was actually concretized and solidified, you had different types of practices happening, right? It's the same way, by the way, that for a very long time, for a very long time, based shamai on Hanukkah began on the first night with eight candles and then went down to one candle. And they still started at one candle and went up ultimately again to multiple other candles. So you see again before halacha is solidified and concretized, you have different practices. So yes, it appears, not it appears, it happened, it's Eidos in Yavneh. There was some period of time where individuals were blowing shofar. But Halacha Lameis, at a certain point in time, the Halacha becomes solidified. And again, as the mam wrote, we only do it Bifnei Beisdin, in front of a Beisdin, that's cable in the Kadesh with smicha Bizman Beisdin, I'm sorry, Bifnei Beisdin and Bizman Shebeisdin Yoshin. Beautiful. We'll say, let's finish the sugya. The So we'll say, the Gemara says, however, Yerushalayim has certain qualities over Yavne. And the Gemara says, "What do you see from here?" So remember again, w- and what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah said that pretty much any city, shiroa shomaas krova any city from which you could see Yerushalayim, any city from which you could hear the of singing Yerushalayim, and any city which was close to Yerushalayim was permitted to go right. Was permitted to go ahead and blow shofar on Shabbos. So the Gemara says, roa. What does it mean that this, you could see Yerushalayim from another city? As opposed to say that was in a valley. Because we'll say you could have a city. Let's say city A is in a valley. So it's geographically close to Yerushalayim, but it can't see Yerushalayim. Shoma'as. Ultimately, again, you can hear the Tekez from Yerushalayim, Prat Bahar, Broshahar. You can have a city, again, that is close geographically, but if it's sitting on a mountain, you can't necessarily hear what's happening inside of Yerushalayim. Krova, it's close. Prat Li Yosheves To exclude a city that may be able to hear, may be able to see, but is outside of the Trom. V'yichol and it's able to come to Yerushalayim, Prat Lemafsik L'naro. This comes to exclude a city ultimately again, which a river divides, which a river divides in Yerushalayim, and therefore Yerushalayim was not accessible. So, said, this is incredible. So, therefore, even HaMikdosh, Bizman Mikdash, Mikdash, any city that was either close, was able to hear, was able to see Yerushalayim, was able to blow shofar on Shabbat. So, Shabbos tells you something amazing. It is the power and the holiness of the city of Yerushalayim that it impacts not only the residents inside of the city, but Yerushalayim, Yerachodesh, has a hashba, has an influence on everything around it. If you could see Yerushalayim, you're impacted. If you could access Yerushalayim, you're impacted. If you're close to Yerushalayim, you're impacted. If you could hear Yerushalayim, you're impacted. I will say absolutely incredible. I will say I'll just end off this sugya. I believe Yitzhak has a beautiful, beautiful insight into this Gemara. Remember, you're going to both say this whole sugi, before we move on to the next suya, This whole sugi was, Yom Tov Rosh Hashanah Shechalios B'Shabbes. Right, that was the whole discussion over here. If Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, when can you go ahead and blow the shofar or whatnot? So we'll listen to what the Rebbe says. Kedush HaSlevi says, In Rosh Hashanah Chalios B'Shabbes, so the Rebbe reads the Gemara a little bit differently. You know I always say the duty of Chasidus is you can put punctuation wherever you want. So listen to this. So the Rebbe reads it, Yom Tov Rosh Hashanah. I'm sorry. He says, well, he reads it like this. Im Rosh Hashanah Chalios B'Shabbes. So the phrase is, Yom Tov Rosh Hashanah Chalios B'Shabbes. The Rebbe says, the way to understand it is, Im Rosh Hashanah Chalios B'Shabbes. If Rosh Hashanah falls out on a Shabbos, Hare B'Shvilenu Zei Yom It is the greatest Yom when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, now both say we normally think the opposite way because we don't get to blow the shofar. So the Rebbe says, "Why is it the greatest yomtiv if ultimately Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos?" Listen to this. say this is incredible. Because both say we know that Hakadosh Baruch Hu keeps the Torah as well. So just like we're not allowed to write on Shabbos, Hakadosh Baruch is not allowed to write either. So when Rosh Hashanah falls out on Shabbos. There are three svarim. there are three books that are open. There's a Sifre Chaim, Sifre Mesim, the book of life, the book of death, the book of Benonim. So ultimately, again, a Kodesh Barak was these books open, it's Shabbos, it's Shabbos Kodesh. One of the Malachas is Ksiva, but the Rebbe says something amazing. The only way you're allowed to write on Shabbos is why, is why, Pikuach Nefesh is to save a life. So says the Rebbe, when our Hashanah falls out on Shabbos, the only book that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has the right to write in is the Sefer To inscribe us in life, for life, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could write in. But the other books, there's no header to writing on Shabbos. He says, He says, <laughs> Therefore the Rebbe says when Rosh Hashanah falls on it's the greatest Yom in the world. Because even then, the only Tchan Bono Ribbono Olam has the license to write and to inscribe us in the Sefer HaChaim. Incredible, incredible. with that, let us go right there. Says the Mishnah, I will say, all, more incredible suggies here. So, we'll say, so we're continuing on the Tachan Zerub Yochanan in the beginning, Lulav was taken for all seven days in the Mikdash. Haya Lulav Nita B'mikdash Sheva B'medina Yom Echad. So we'll say, so once again we have our definitions. Rashi is going to say, B'medina B'medina ultimately means outside of the Beis HaMikdash, right? So even in Yerushalayim, it was only taken for one day. Now Rashi says over here, first Rashi in the Mishnah, So we'll say, interestingly enough, by Sukkis, we seem to have these different psukim. One Pasek says, you shall rejoice seven days. One Pasek says, you should just take it for you on the first day. The way we reconcile it as, is as follows. Lulav was taken for seven days in the Beis HaMikdash and only one day outside of the Beis HaMikdash. However, Mishikhar of Beis HaMikdash, when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Hisk Rabbi Yochanan ben Lulav the Medina, Rabbi instituted that we should take Lulav outside of the Beis HaMikdash for seven days. For seven days, Zechar LeMikdash. To remember the practice of the Beis HaMikdash, Furthermore, he instituted v'shiyeh, Yomanef Kula Asr. That the entire day we will say means the day of the waving. It refers to the day that they would bring the Omer. When was the Omer brought? the 16th of Nisan, the second day of Pesach, where the Omer was brought. Shabbos, Rabbi Yochanan Benzaka instituted that you can't eat chadash, you can't eat of the new grain for the entire day, the 16th, we'll get into that in just a moment. Shabbos, I, the Gemara asks, a fundamentally, you this, the question, Shabbos, I, what the Mishnah says over is that in the, when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Yochanan instituted that we should take Lulav seven days outside of the Beis HaMikdash, Zechala mikdash. Zecha To remember what was done in the Beis HaMikdash. To which the Gemara says, How do you know that we're supposed to institute practices to remember that which was done in the Beis HaMikdash? To which the Gemara says, 'um Literally translated, I will go ahead and provide a cure for you, and I will heal you from your wounds. 'um Because they call you cast away. Doresh in law. No one seeks out Zion. No one seeks out Zion. So I will say, so the Navi over here is painting the picture of desolation and destruction. And the way he describes Yerushalayim, the Beis HaMikdash, Yerushalayim, right, Zion is Doresh in law. No one seeks her out. Michlal We learn from here that you are supposed to seek out Zion. So I we'll say, we learn from here that Halach one is supposed to actively remember Yerushalayim. See, the problem with things that are destroyed is that often they are forgotten. So the Navi tells Kalal Yisrael, no one's seeking out Tzio, no one's seeking out, no one's remembering Yerushalayim. And from that we glean, we understand, understood that even when it's destroyed, when it's destroyed, you're supposed to remember, you're supposed to seek it out. And this becomes the basis for Rabbi Yochanan's takanos of Zecher le To remember the kul HaMikdash. We'll say, if we have time, we'll come back to that in just a moment about Zecher le-Mikdash versus Zecher le We'll come back to that. Furthermore, I'm going to be able to zakai said. We'll say, so very quickly. You know, the halacha is as follows. On the second day of Pesach, you bring the Karban Omer. What was the significance of the Omer? It allowed for the consumption of Chadash. Chadash represents, So let's just just to illustrate this. Right? Let's say it's going to be Pesach. It's going to be Pesach 5782. Okay? I've got the Tova. So we'll say, any grain which was planted since last year Pesach, Pesach 5781, is Usr cannot be consumed until the Karban HaOmer on Pesach 5782 is offered. That's called the halachad chadash. You can't eat chadash. Once you go ahead and you offer up the Karban HaOmer, which was a barley offering, the chadash becomes... Yashon, and then you're allowed to go ahead and eat it. So I will say what happens in the absence of the Beis hamikdash when there is no carbon Omer? There is no carbon Omer. So the Mishnah said, Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai said, you have to essentially wait until the 17th. You have to, so normally again the carbon Omer is brought on the second day of Pesach, which is the 16th of Nisan. Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai instituted, you can't eat any Chadash, you can't eat any grain or any new grain. On the 16th you have to wait until the 17th. And then anything that was chadash becomes Yashon on the 17th. Says the you know, we'll Bible, say, listen to this Gemara, my timer, my timer. So it says the Gemara, Mehira yibane beis ha-mikdash. Because speedily in our days the Beis HaMikdash will be rebuilt. But we'll so you just have to understand this. These words have been read on this page, right? For over a thousand years. For a thousand years, right? And the Yid gets Tashshushana Daf Lamid Lamid Ahmad Alef. We read the same words. Mehirah Yibane Hamikdash, and they're always true. They're always true. Mehirah Yibane. It's been a long time, but just because something's been a long time doesn't mean it's not going to happen speedily in our days. mehera Yibane Hamikdash. The Beit mikdash will be rebuilt. The Yomra people will say, Ishtakid Miloachanu Bahay Mizrach." Ach, so we'll say, here's what Rebochah ben Benzaka was concerned about. Technically speaking, technically speaking, when there is no carbon Omer, so khadash, the new grain, becomes immediately permitted at dawn, or so we'll call it sunrise, of day 16. Of day 16, right of the second day Pesach. So what is Rabbi Rebochah ben Zakeh concerned about. Beg fish is going to be rebuilt, and now we have a carbon Omer that people will nevertheless inadvertently end up eating Chadash on the beginning of day 16. Why? Because what are they going to say? Last year, we ate Chadash in the morning of the 16th of Nisan. So therefore, again, we should be able to do it now. And they won't realize, They won't realize that Yeah, last year, there was no Beis HaMikdash. And the absence of the Beis HaMikdash, dawn allows for the consumption of chadash or dawn transforms chadash into yashan. hashta di'ika omer omer matir but now that there's a base mikdash, now that there's a on mikdash, we have a karbana omer and only once you bring the omer is the chadash permitted so the Gemara says okay let's talk about it therefore we'll say how does the B'yohan and Zachary take care of this problem how does it take care of the problem entire day 16 is asr right you can't eat any chadash on day 16 you effectively have to wait until day seventeen. What that does, according to Yochanan and Zakah, is the year in which the Beis Hamikdash is rebuilt is rebuilt. You will avoid confusion. To which the Gemara says, well, "Let's talk about this just a little bit, because the truth is, the confusion would only come if when, if what, or if what, if the Beis Hamikdash is built is rebuilt like right at the same time of the Carbona Omer, right? Because let's say the Beis Hamikdash is built, uh, you know, Halavaya, Dalit dal- Kislave." Right? So by the time we get to Pesach, everybody's going to be in the groove already. It's not going to be a problem. He must be talking about a case of the which that's being rebuilt right around the time of the Karbanon, where there'd be confusion. So the Gemara says, yes, the Gemara says, the Mivni Amos. So when is this, when, when is what Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai, When is the Beis Hamikdash being rebuilt that you have this concern? If you want to say it's rebuilt on the 16th, let's say it's actually rebuilt on the second day of Yamtiv, right? First day of Chalamai, the 16th of Nisan. Hare Mizrach But let's say if that's the case that the Beis Hamikdash is being rebuilt on the 16th. The moment the dawn of the 16th comes and there's no Beis Hamikdash, dawn allows for the consumption of Chadash. Right? So if there's no Beis HaMikdash on the dawn of the 16th, Chodesh becomes permitted. Ella, the Bechameser, I'm sorry, the Bechameser, right? There must be that one of the Beis HaMikdash being rebuilt. When? On the 15th. Nabosai. the 15th is what? The 15th is what? First day Pesach. Take a look. Take a look at the last two lines of Rashi. Last middle Rashi. Rashi says, what are you talking about? Bin Tomar. How can you talk about a base Mikdash being rebuilt on the fifteenth? That's yomtiv. That's yomtiv. We don't build the base neither at night nor when nor when nor during the day nor on yomtiv. So, so I'll get ready for this. Look at Ashley. Hani mili binyan bide adam. Says Rashi, you can't build the base hamikdash when you're building it by human hand, but the third base hamikdash says Rashi is coming down fully built by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. and the Rishon could choose to deliver to deliver the prefab base hamikdash, right? He could deliver, it, He'll put it on the divine flatbed truck, right, and he'll just deliver it right to Harabayis, even on Yom Tev itself. I'll say, isn't that? I was say, incredible, no? Incredible. Ari, I think you have to like, start some like the Starbucks triple shot something like this. Chavra, Chavra, you're just reading over here. What you're just reading over here. Rashi HaKodesh just told us, Rashi HaKodesh, come on. Right? If you don't feel it, we're not going to get it. Right? If you don't get excited about things like this, why Shaqalash Baruch will give it to us? He says, he's actually saying, the third base HaMikdash, isn't that awesome? The third base HaMikdash is going to come down fully built by the Rebunosh of Olam. And therefore, it could come down even on Yom Tiv itself, even at night itself. And Rabbi and said, just to understand, just, just you, you see, sometimes you hear this, ah, that's a nice story. It's not a story. It's not a story. It's ms la amito. It's true vaharaya de Gimara, which is the basis of halacha, is operating on these truths. So Rabbi ben Zakai says. So whenever we read about the Pesach, it's going to be rebuilt. So maybe it's the fifteenth. So the Gimara says, if that's the case, if that's the case, You don't have to say that chadash is usher the entire sixteenth, rather just from just up until midday. Why? But also when the Beis HaMikdash stood, it was known that the Karban HaOmer was offered up by midday. right? It never went past midday because basin was very Zoroth, very alacritous. Now what are we concerned about? Maybe it's going to be built on the 15th, but right before Shkiah. Right before Shkia. Inami, the or it's being built at night. Amrabna, and therefore both say, and therefore the concern is if it's built too close to the time, even if it comes on like Rashi says, fully built, fully built, there's going to be a little bit of like a Bahala, right? A little bit of not, not a confusion, but a commotion. Remember again, also, you have to go and still cut down the barley. Right? You have to cut down the bottle, you have to... So the Gemara the Sorbi Yochanan ben Zakai, is concerned. see, Listen to what he's concerned about. He's concerned, in a good way, that the Bessamik dish is going to be rebuilt in very close proximity to the time that the Omer was going to be offered. And that's going to cause confusion. So in order to avoid confusion, just say the entire day of the 16th, you can't eat Chadash. You can't eat Chadash. That way again, if there's any level of confusion, no one's going to inadvertently end up eating chadash, at least in year number one. So the gemara says, the gemara says. The truth is, Rabbi Yochanan ultimately again aligns himself with the view of Rabbi Yehuda. They both say Rabbi Yehuda the amar ad etzem ayom azeh ad itzumo ad va ad Interestingly enough, Rabbi, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakeh, and like Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Huda holds that midda'oraysa, the entire day of the 16th, ultimately, again, is asr minatorah. That in the absence of a karban haomer, omer right, which allows you to eat chadash on the 16th, right after it's offered, mm-hmm. Rabbi Huda holds that in the absence of the carbon haomer, omer the entire day 16 is asr midda'oraysa that and the Gemara suggesting Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai holds like Rabbi Yehuda. So essentially, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is saying is a very simple halacha. Once the day, was destroyed, we revert back to the basic biblical law, which is Chadash is usher the entire day of the 16th. To which the Gemara says, U'mi does Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai actually go Rabbi Yehuda? he argues on him. This nun. Right when the base Hamikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zakkai instituted that the entire day of the 16th should be Asr. You can't eat chadash on the 16th. Rabbi says why do you have to legislate that? Ultimately, again, Rabbi Huda says, that's the halacha, right? When the Pasek says, you can't eat the chadash, for the entirety of the day. So Rabbi Huda says, why do you have to make new legislation? That's the halacha. In the absence of the karbana, you can't eat chadash the entire day of the 16th, to which the Gemara says, you're right. The Gemara says, hasam, Rabbi Huda Huda is making a mistake. He <inaudible> Rabbi Huda was making a mistake. You see, Rabbi Huda thought that Rabbi Yochelam was instituting this midrabanan. but in fact Rabbi Yochelam holds this to be true midor I v'ha hiskin But it says Rabbi Yochelam instituted it. Both say Takana sounds like what? Takana sounds like what? The rabbin, my, so my Hiskin, Dorosh Hiskin means he darshin the Pasuk like Rabbi Hudal and reinstituted the previous practice. So, I will say, what comes out over here is as follows. If you notice, by the way, the Gemara doesn't really spend all that much time speaking about Lulav. What I will just point out is remember, Rabbi Yochran ben Zakkai right, says that the, he instituted in the aftermath of the instruction of the Islamic that you should take Lulav for seven days. Does it really mean Seven days. Does it really mean seven days? No, it's never, it's never more than six days. Because remember, again, you're never taking Lulavan on Shabbos. This goes back to Zehra the Rabbah. Same reason we're not playing Shofran Shabbos, not reading Megillah on Shabbos. We're also not taking Lulavan and on Shabbos. But what it means is conceptually, he instituted seven days. That's number one. Number two, we learn about Sayyidah. How do you know that you are supposed to institute practices Zecher L'Churban? To remember, or I should say Zecher Mikdash? To remember the practices of the Beis HaMikdash ultimately comes from the Pasik in "Sion hi Doresh in Law. No one's seeking out Sion, which tells us we have an obligation to seek out Sion. How do we seek out Sion? by engaging in practices Zechel to remember that which was done in the Beis HaMikdash. And finally, pieces of legislation number three, Halach Ben said, when there's a Beis HaMikdash and there's a Karban omer the bringing of the Omer allows for the consumption of Chadash, grain planted since last Pesach, and usually we see Beis usually got that done, latest by chasos latest by Midday. When there is no Beis HaMikdash, and therefore, nor Karban omer. Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Zakai says, it turns out, we revert back to the biblical paradigm, which is, in the absence of the Karban, the entire day of the 16th is Asr. And it turns out that Rabbi Yochanan Ben-Zakai was not instituting a piece of rabbinic legislation, but rather, again, he actually holds like Rabbi Yehuda, that, the, that in the absence of the Karban omer the entire day number 16 is asr for chadash consumption. You can't eat chadash until day number 17. Happens to be the piece of Meheira Yibane HaMikdash is a very, very beautiful piece and a beautiful havamina that Rabbi Yochanan Ben Zaka was instituting this because if the base HaMikdash is rebuilt very quickly, it might cause some concern, which is true also, but it turns out that really he holds like Rabbi Yehuda that Midah in the absence of the Karban HaOmer, Day 16 is Asr for Hadash consumption. Beautiful. Barish Shorah, Mishnah. Barish Shorah, Mishnah, Barish Shorah, So it used to be, I will say, so now it's actually going back to Kiddush a little bit. It used to be that, that Bazin would accept witnesses to testify about the new moon the entire day. Pam nishtau One time the witnesses came late. One time the witnesses came late and the levium got mixed up with the Shira. Now, I say, let's give a little bit of context over here. Rashi understands that the story being referenced over here is talking about Rosh Hashanah, right? So what happened? What happened? Bazin was waiting for witnesses to come. It's the 29th day of Elul. Remember again, I say, more often than not, as we've seen since the times of Ezra, Elul was always a 29-day month. So remember again, it's day 30. They're waiting for the Edim to come, and Edim aren't showing up. They're not showing up. The Levim have to offer up the Talmud Shalbein Arbaim, the afternoon Tammid offering. So they were, so they're waiting for the witnesses. They weren't sure, now remember with the Tamid was Levitic song, Shira. Now Shira depends, is it a weekday, is it a Yomtev? The Levim weren't sure what to do, so what ended up happening? They ended up offering the afternoon Tammid, and they accompanied it with weekday Shira. Weekday Shira. Then what happened? Right when they finished, who showed up? Who showed up? Witnesses. So it turned out that that day was really Rosh Hashanah, and the Levi'im said the wrong shira with the Tamid Shalbein Ha'arbaim, with the afternoon Tamid. As a result of that, they instituted Eskinu, Shaloyu Mekablin Ella adam Mincha. They instituted the Halacha Lameisa, we will not go and accept Adim only until mincha time. Now, also, I want to point out. Rashi says, interestingly enough, on day thirty, in the morning, they always said weekday shira. They always said weekday shira. Right, even though the witnesses may come that day, because remember, witnesses never came by the morning. They always came sometime later. So the morning they always said weekday Shira. But the hope was that by the afternoon already, they would know if it was Rosh Chodesh, and they were all right. In this case Rosh Hashanah, they would say the right Shira. Then So said what So therefore again I both say it was really Rosh Hashanah that kind of messed things up. Uh, that didn't sound right. It was it was this episode on Rosh Hashanah where the, the witnesses came after the Leviim sang the weekday Shira for the afternoon mincha. And that led to an important piece of legislation. We only accept witnesses up until mincha time. Up until mincha time. After mincha time, we do not accept witnesses. So the Gimara says, So osayom kodesh kodesh. And say, say, what happens if witnesses come after mincha time? What happens if they come after Minchotayim? So remember again, we've already seen that. After time, essentially, essentially, we push off Kedosh HaChodesh. We, we, make it a, we make it a full month, right? That means Rosh Kodesh won't be until day 31. Mishachana Beis Now remember, this is talking about Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah, remember again, they were always keeping day 30 as Rosh Hashanah. Because there was always the possibility that day 30 witnesses were going to show up. Always possible witnesses were going to show up. And therefore, Halach la'maisa. Halacha la he's not here, not here. Halacha la this morning, yes. ma'isa, They declared day, they observed day thirty as a yom tiv, as a yom tiv, and therefore halacha la they 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 abstained from halacha already from that day. So again, also yom kodesh le machar kodesh. When the base was destroyed, his ben Zakkai, edos kalayom. So we'll say, interestingly enough, when the Beit Samikdash was destroyed, Rabbi Ben Benzakai said, you could accept Eidus Achodesh the entire day. Why can you accept Eidus Achodesh the entire day? Why, why, why? Because there's no concern of getting messed up with Kabbalah. So we'll say, remember again, let's go back. I know, sorry, I hope we're not going too quickly today. Let's say, so so again, so remember, the reason that they had to cut off Eidus Achodesh by Mincha time was why? Was why so that the witnesses should not get mixed up with the shira. They should not end up saying the wrong shira, right? As happened, it happened. Right, witnesses came after the levium offered the tammid shalbein arbayim. They ended up saying a weekday shira instead of a yomtiv shira. So they capped witnesses could only come until mincha. Beis samicdash is destroyed. There's no karban. If there's no karban, there's no what. Shira. If there's no Shira, there's no confusion. So, B'Aqlam and said in the afternoon of the Beisam you could go ahead and accept Eidos the entire day, says the Gemara. So, the Gemara says, So, we'll say, what, what does it mean when it says, What does it mean that they messed up the Shira? So, some say it means they just didn't say any Shira at all. However, the Gemara says, "Shamru shira shall cholim Shira, shall No, no, no. It doesn't mean they said no shira. Rather, it means that what they said the weekday shira with the afternoon Tamil. Amru Rabizera the Bere. So, Rabizera said to Avah his son, "Puk tani lehu, go out and teach the following halacha." Hiskinu shelo yuhum eikavlan eved zachodesh elikedesh shey shows beyond the hakriv to me dinu iskayem shira shelo they instituted that they would only accept, they would only accept Shira, excuse me, Edos, up until Minchataim, up until Minchataim, in order that what? The Leviyim should be able to offer the Shah Shalbein Ha'arbayim, the Lomar Shira, and to save the right Shira without mistake. E Amrit Bishlama, Shira if you want to say that in the story, in the Mishnah, they ended up saying the weekday Shira, that's the mistake. Amrit My Shibushiga. But if you say they just didn't say Shira at all, then what mistake is there in that? Since they said nothing. And Moses say saying, no shira at all is the greatest mistake one could make. So we'll have to stop over here for today, but we're stopping mid-topic. So just understand what we're going to be focusing on tomorrow minutes from the beginning of the daf, which is, we have a story. And the story is that they were waiting on the day number 30 of El. They were waiting for witnesses to come to be Makadesh the Chodesh. They waited as long as they could. The Levim offered the Tamad arba'im, and they accompanied it with weekday shirah. Right when they finished, right when they finished, I should say right, right when they finished, Aidan came. It turns out that they sang the wrong shira. They were supposed to sing Yamtiv Shira. They sang they sang weekday Shira. There's gonna be a historical machlokis over here. Did the Aidim sing the wrong Shira? Or did they sing no Shira? And the ramifications of that will be important for the legislation going forward as well. Shgarakabosek.